Hello and welcome to Mozart of Hoops, a podcast that takes a deep dive into the world of basketball, how we learn to appreciate its beauty, and understand the ebbs and flows of the game. My name is Ian Quinn, and I'm joined by my two co-hosts, Chris and Owen. Uh, Chris, how are you doing today? I'm not too bad. I'm a little tired coming off a vacation hangover, uh, so apologies for the delay in our uh, episode releases, but that's mostly my fault. So, um, But I also feel bad for uh, saying Wes Unseld was boring in the last episode, um, but I feel the way I feel, I guess. They're all amazing. I'm pretty sure I said Borwinkle was boring. There was somebody that I disregarded um, earlier in the podcast that after watching him, I'm I'm pleasantly surprised. So, uh, yeah, um, hope that vacation was good for you, Chris. Certainly was. Thank you. All right, Owen, how are you doing? I am doing great, Ian. Uh, yes, it, we are recording very late now. Uh, thanks to Chris, just you know, <laughs> wasting his damn time sitting on his ass. But, you know, I feel good. I feel ready. And you're right. All of these pastors are great, uh, especially Oliver Miller and uh, Yinka Dare. <laughs> Yinka Dare. Yinka Dare, the, the man with, what, the 0 to 71 assist to turnover ratio in one season? Something records. Like Wilt Seven. got nothing on him. Yeah, that's true. Um, so, uh, why don't we... Uh, I've I've been good, by the way. Nobody asked, but nobody cares. Uh, normally, um, Owen asks that. Yeah. yeah. How are you doing, man? I am good. I am good. I'm uh, coming off the finals hangover, the the playoffs hangover of uh, watching basketball pretty much for I don't even know how long. They all just mesh together in one big day. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean the playoffs were great. There was. You know, there was some blowouts and stuff like that, but the finals were good. Um, my prediction was correct. Um, Golden State wins in six because Boston's offense is weird, and that's exactly what happened. Um, so, um, you know, congrats to the Golden State Warriors on their fourth championship in eight years. Uh, Congratulations to Ian. Congratulations. Why? why? <laughs> you predicted it. I did. I did predict it, but I feel like it was a, a basic prediction. There was Put just that back, a lot. Man. Pat it hard. That that it was just it was um I, I there was a lot to dislike about Boston's offense and uh it kinda showed. Um I think I think Golden State's overall defense got underrated and uh you know I was I was I was not surprised to say the least when Boston wasn't generating any offense for a while. So Moving on, we have some more passing bigs to cover. We're going to try to get through the 1970s today. Um, so why don't we start off first with somebody from the ABA. Um, he, he made his ABA debut in, I think, 1967, so we're going to go back into the 60s a little bit. Um, but this is somebody that Chris is more familiar with. Uh, so uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about Connie the Hawk Hawkins. Yeah, so uh, Connie Hawkins, unfortunate story because he got a late start in professional basketball. Um, he actually didn't start his uh, his first ABA season until he was 25. So um, it's yeah, I guess we were a little remiss to be uh, slapping him in this episode as opposed to squeezing him into the last one. But um, he's a little bit more, um, you know, he's six eight and not a traditional, you know, post big. So he actually played three positions in the NBA. So, um, you know, he was kind of a prototypical point forward. Um, so he did a lot more in transition and, um, you know, handling the ball and, and being the initiator. Um, and he also had like, even though he was only six, eight, he had those like go, go gadget arms. So he would like, you know, go up for a shot and, um, you know, he could just kind of seem to like stretch his arm out. I mean, you kind of feel like you can do a long three count while he's in the air before he uh, kind of dumps off a pass. Um, so sometimes that backfired. Um, obviously, you know, leaving your feet to pass is never a good idea, but it wasn't like he did that um, intentionally. It was kind of like, you know, he he just was able to uh, pivot out of, uh, you know, someone reacting to his shot pretty easily. So um, not much of a, you know, post-passer. 
Um, but he's definitely kind of the anti-Wes Unseld. Yeah, yeah, I can I can agree with that. Um, he was pretty exciting. Um, I think uh, before I watched him, there was only like one like full game of him online, and it was I think in 1970 against the Hawks, who had uh, gosh uh, Maravich and Lou Hudson. So, um, you know, Owen mentioned as almost like a precursor that he's kind of like Kevin Garnett, and I can I can honestly see that. Um, you know, I, I really liked his creativity on his passing. I, I just liked the general area he uh, <clears throat> he uh, covered on the offensive floor. So, yeah, he was he was a good passer for sure. Yeah, and I think actually uh, playing in playing with the Harlem Globetrotters uh, before coming to the ABA really helped uh, kind of stylize his passing. He really had a flair for it. Um, and his hand control was just fantastic. So, like, you could just throw in the ball, you'd catch it with one hand, and then just, like, immediately zip it to somebody cut into the basket. It, it's just really fun to watch. Mm-hmm. For sure, for sure. Um, yeah, I wish I wish we got more of him. Um, you know, he was, what was he, blackballed um, from, the, from the ABA and NBA pretty much. So mm-hmm. that's why he got the late start, so... Yeah, it would have it would have been nice to have seen more of Connie Hawkins uh, in his career because, uh, yeah, you know. Yeah, absolutely. It's very unfortunate, it, especially there's no, prime, there's no yeah, there's no peak Connie Hawkins no, footage. No, no, it's very. I yeah, I haven't been able to find anything. There's like no, there's very rare ABA film out there. Um, so yeah, so um. Just one more thing. I mean, like Bill Russell, he's also one of the better transition passers. Um, But it also makes sense considering he kind of just uh, slides between forward and big. Yeah, I I remember I was I was watching this uh, this uh, game. Uh, It was only like some highlights, um, but Connie um, was uh, being interviewed at the end of the game. They're facing the Lakers, I think, in 1971. And uh, they asked Connie um, if he prefer, prefers playing forward or if he prefers playing center. And he answered the question that he preferred to play forward, um, and especially against the Lakers, because he didn't want to go down there with Chamberlain, meaning Wilt Chamberlain, of course. So I found that to be kind of funny. He he was he was laughing about it and stuff. But uh, yeah, yeah, I he was he was. Um, He's one of the smaller bigs, that's for sure. Yeah, he is. Um, but I do think he can play. Yeah, I do think that he's very fringe, like in terms of, you know, not to go back to defining what a big is because we could waste another hour probably on that. Um, but, you know, um, I think he's fringe because he can play the three, but he also can play the five. So, And it just feels kind of even to me in that sense. Um, I don't know what you guys think about that. I mean, I think he's, yeah, he's just a mismatch nightmare, kind of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it means I can talk about a few other players that I really wanted to talk about. So, uh, thanks. Oh, well, there you go. Magic Johnson going to be included now? <laughs> we'll see. Silence. <laughs> it's not this episode. All right. So, I think we can, we, we covered Connie pretty well. We, we got, um, you know, obviously there's not a lot of film of him, so there isn't a lot to... Uh, to talk about um in terms of what we have seen um i've only seen you know just that one game really of him um so why don't we move on to somebody that i'm sure we've all seen a lot of um and that is kareem abdul jabbar um so you know for kareem you know he's not really thought of as like a passing big in the sense of like where he that's the first thing you think of with kareem he's obviously an all-time great scorer, all-time offensive player in general. Um, but what I do like about Kareem's passing is it seems like he would fit really well into like a smooth motion offense um, where, you know, players are constantly running around him and he finds like a cutter or he kicks out. Um, that's that's a lot of what I noticed when watching Kareem play. Um, I don't know what you guys think um but that that's what i kind of saw um with him um in the the games that i saw 
Yeah, he's, he's somebody that is uh, perfect for hunting for cutters. Uh, I mean, just due to his height. So you know, you can just mm -hmm. hold that hold that ball way out, and you know, nobody's really going to get it. Um, really like to work from the high post around the elbows. Um, and you know, if he's not going to be able to find a cutter, he just you know, well, you know, <laughs> look for the hook shot. So yeah. I mean, he he just had different options that he was able to able to kind of weed out due to his offensive gravity. Yeah, and despite the lack of spacing in that era, just the you know, yeah, he's he's of more so probably even than than Wilt even I would say maybe um, you know he's he's drawing a huge crowd in the post. So I mean, you you could watch those you know games of him at like seventy seven, and it's it's you know he's basically quadruple teamed almost. So. Mm -hmm. um, He's, you know, he he is very good at finding the cutters. I mean, he's a super intelligent guy, obviously. Um, so he, you know, he knew um, exactly, you know, how to punish a defense exactly. He was for sure looking for his shot and not assist hunting in any sort of a Chamberlain-esque kind of way. Um, so, but it's more, you know, to keep the defense honest, um, you know, he's going to hit the guy for a little dump off or, you know, yeah. uh, he's pretty good at those, you know, shovel passes, um, yes, you know, like, like Owen said, you know, yeah, he, you kind you typically see him, you know, kind of just, you know, holding the ball above his head, um, yep. you know, and he's probably got it, you know, freaking 12 feet up there. So, um, <laughs> nobody's really getting it, but that's the other thing about those guys, you know, Connie Hawkins too, you know, with those super long arms, it's like the defense, you know, a lot of times, you know, uh, they're taught proper position, you know, keep their arms up. So a um, lot of opportunities, Kareem and Connie, both very good about, you know, wrapping around uh, the bodies of those guys who have their arms up. Yes, yes. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, you know, I, I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves here, but, um, you know, uh, I kind of put Kareem in that category of, um, like, like similar to Shaq, where he's drawing that defense – towards him so much that he's able to use his vision to be able to get a pass off to the open guy off the double. Um, that's what I saw a lot of Kareem doing. So I think it has a lot to do with his gravity um, in terms of how useful his passing can be. And I think it's an important thing because there's a lot of people who get doubled. Um, you know, I, I, I've watched some Moses Malone um, and he would get doubled and he really couldn't throw that pass. Um, that, that wasn't part of his game whatsoever. Um, so to me, like, you know, having that added vision that Kareem did, someone like Shaq did, uh, is just an added bonus if you're, you know, an all-time great scorer like the both of them are. Yeah, totally. Well, and I think, you know, with Kareem, you can look at, you know, like you're saying with Shaq, I mean, I, I think Kareem would be able to just passing, you know, even more, um, in the modern era, or at least, you know, coming up at the same, if he had played in the, in the nineties and early two thousands, for sure. Um, because if you look at, you know, when spacing did improve a little bit, you know, kind of in his later years, cause, cause the Lakers would spread it out a little bit more than most teams in the eighties. And, and he was able to, you know, score at a high level pretty much all the way through. So, um, you know, I, I think the fact that, if he had more space, he's able to operate easier one-on-one, -on -one, and then it forces guys to come help exactly the same way they did on Shaq, and Kareem is easily smart enough to to find that open guy uh, beyond the three-point line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Yep. Uh, I'm, the only thing I, I, I'd really add is it's not necessarily a negative, but um, he did get a bit impatient. Um with Kareem, like I said, he, he was drawing a whole lot of doubles. Um, I mean, he was the focal point of the offense. Um, but you could just tell at times that he would get frustrated with maybe a teammate. Like, he saw something that a teammate didn't. And so he would make a pass, and the teammate just wouldn't get there in time. And that, that's just something you see with Kareem a, a little bit more than some others. And it's more that he's just seeing things ahead, and, and it's... It's just a sign of impatience at times, at least early cream. Yeah, yeah, I I can see that. Um, you know, uh, he, uh, I can understand where he would be frustrated, but I do think it's a bit different from somebody like Wilt, who had some insane patience that almost was 
to the detriment, especially in the in the seventies. Um, I still well, want to watch more of like sixties Wilt. Well, and that's the thing about him. I mean, it's different for him even. I, but they all kind of, you know, most of those post scorers go through that. They all go through it. Um, you know, where they get frustrated, you know, you get really good down there and you start drawing crowds and they all get frustrated. They all have to work through that. Like, even though Shaq had pretty good vision out of the gate, like he was frustrated early in his career before he really figured out how to, you know, uh, work the defenders and, you know, wait until they've passed the point of no return to know exactly, you know, when you need to, uh, you know, zip the pass out of the double and all that. So it just takes time for guys to you know, to age into that, I guess. And, and some of them never do like Moses Malone. Yeah. And well, I mean, the thing is, I mean, we're talking about passing bigs and I mean, they're working in those spots in the post, obviously more than any other player. So they're seeing things that no other player is seeing, especially from their vantage Mm -hmm. point, like with Kareem. So, I mean, it does get frustrating, you know, like why isn't, you know, so-and-so, why isn't Lucius Allen cutting right here? Why is he waiting? Yeah. Yep understandable so i think the next player we can move on to um uh he played for the celtics in the 70s um pretty good passer good score good defender uh dave cowens does anybody want to say anything about dave cowens i mean i think he's you know very good uh he's another really smart guy um and the thing, Dave Cowens is perfect motion system kind of guy because he doesn't stop moving. Um, he's always looking for, you know, other people moving. He's always, you know, setting screens and, and doing a lot of that stuff. So um, I think that's just where a lot of his effectiveness was, was just from, you know, kind of that constant motion and, you know, being able to leverage his, uh, you know, quickness as a small smaller center in the 70s. Uh, I think that probably helped him out a lot. Um, similar to somebody else that we'll talk about here in a little bit, but um, I think some of that got a little harder against bigger, uh, you know, bigger competition. Um, but on one hand, you're kind of, you know, forced to look for the pass more or stay, you know, further out on the perimeter, which is okay for Collins because he had a pretty good jump shot too. So, um, but he definitely was not able to, um, you know, to find those lanes around some of the, some of the longer centers. Yeah. Yeah. That, that is true. Um, and I do like how you, you pointed out, um, his, his movement, um, just both with and without the ball. I mean, he's, he's showing something that a lot of these other bigs don't really get to show and that he can sometimes almost be the initiator of the offense, sometimes from the perimeter all the way to the basket. But also just work as just somebody who's going to you know, pick a spot. He'll be running around a screen. You'll pass him the ball, and he'll pass it right back to a cutter. He's just somebody that just fits into different parts of the offense, and it, it's fun to watch. Yeah, and Dave Cowens, he's a if you if you've listened to you know much of him talk or or know much about his story, like he he is the ultimate gym rat. And like he never, he didn't have an off season basically, and he didn't want one. Like he, he wanted to play basketball all year round. So like once the NBA ended, he was at Rucker every summer because he said that's you know he knew that's where the best competition was, and all he cared about was playing against the best players. So um, he played so much basketball. It's just super obvious, especially by the mid '70s, that he's got a really nice intuitive feel for. Just yeah, the whole the movement in general and and kind of you know when to ad lib and uh, really creative player. Yeah, yeah I uh, until he got into horse racing, Chris. <laughs> I think that uh, may have trumped basketball. <laughs> yeah, he did. Uh, he had some bumps there. He was also a Christmas tree salesman. What? I didn't random, know that. Random, random. random. Dave uh, yeah, when he, when he left the Celtics uh, in the mid-70s, Christmas tree salesman. Interesting. Yeah, um, I, a giver. I, re- I really enjoyed uh, watching Dave Collins play. His motor was constantly going. Like, he was, he really never stopped moving. And he was just, he was almost like a pest out there. Like, even on defense. Like, he reminded Especially me of, like... Defense. Yes, but it reminds me of like you know how like 
you know, the revelation of Jose Alvarado this year with the Pelicans, he was like a pest, but he was a guard. It just reminds me of that, but in like a big body. Um, you know, he was he was constantly going. He's somebody that I think I would put higher on a playmaker's list compared to just like straight up passing bigs. Um I, I think he does a lot him. Yeah, I, I think he does a lot more. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the stuff just... he does, it's it's nothing really super creative. It's not a lot of no. high leverage passes. It's just always really smart passes at the right time. He's just, you know, he's he's the glue. He's just there filling it in. It's perfect. Yeah. Well, and when I and I did say he was a creative player earlier, I agree with what you're saying. The passes that he made were not necessarily. Um, well, sometimes he he wasn't finding like you know those advanced uh, it reads or anything like that. But he would just do funky stuff, um, like angle. I don't know, turn his body the opposite way coming off of a screen and shovel a pass out of that. And it's, it's very I don't know, just kind of some unconventional stuff. Yeah, yeah, he was he was certainly a fun player that to watch. Um, you know. Uh, he had. I watched the uh, the game uh, against Phoenix in the finals with another passing big that we will be probably mentioning next, actually. Um, but uh, you know that was the game, uh, three overtime game. Uh, Gar Herds uh, shot her around the world. Um, you know, just just the entire game, he was just going and going and going, and you know, just just a really fun player to watch in general. So shall we uh, move on to the next player up on this list? Just one more thing. Um, I really like Marc Gasol, but uh, I, I prefer Dave Cowens. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I agree. I mean, Marc Gasol is uh, someone we probably will talk about because he is actually a pretty good passer. Um, he deserves but, to be. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I prefer Cowens. Um, peak for peak, career for career. So, yep. Um, so, uh, I think the next one actually we'll 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 save the next one. Um, I was gonna say uh, we'll talk about the guy I was saying from the '76 finals, but I almost skipped over this guy, Sam Lacey. What do you guys think about slamming Sam Lacey? Really good outlet passer. Um, really good passing. Um almost from like the top of the key. So it'd be really interesting yep. to watch in today's league. Um, just like Kareem, really good at finding cutters. Um, a decent movement passer, but but not not fantastic in that regard. Um, really works as a hub of an offense, um, but also just fits next to another really just high creating point guard. Um, he is one of my, my favorite, I guess, unsung players in league history. Um, yeah, just uh, he's actually somebody very comparable to who we just mentioned, Mark Gasol. Yes, he's actually a yep. good uh, a good comp, really. So he's 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 very like unheralded to me for sure. Um, I I uh, you know, watching him, he's just a very he's just very smart out there. He has good vision, um, really good at working in the high post area. Um, you know, uh, finding cu cutters, dumping passes down low. Um, he's he's someone that just he doesn't try to do too much. Yep, yep, and that's I think that's incredibly valuable. Um, you know, there's there's a passer that I've watched frequently recently that is going to be in that same vein, um, where it's like, it's not like anything. He's not trying to do anything crazy, but the passes are routinely smart and they're routinely crisp. Um, so he's got those. You don't see them anymore. You really only see it if you watch a lot of old games. Um, but the hook pass, like, that's what he's oh, throwing. The top. Oh, it. man. He's throwing the oh, hook pass uh, from the top of the key to cutters coming in the low post. So in this this was a play, apparently, um, you don't really... I, I, I don't notice it in the modern game, but... Man, you see it in all the clips from the '50s. A lot of them, um, and then up like through I the said, 70s. that was one of my favorite plays watching Bill Russell. Um, I, I love his hook passes. Yeah, man. Where <laughs> yeah. they just you have a you know uh, someone at the high post, and then there someone comes and sets a back screen for uh, somebody else who's roughly at the top of the key, and then you know that hook passes there over the top to the cutter. And oh man, you can see that play run so many times in old games. Uh, the Cincinnati Royals did it a lot, um, and well, 
Yeah, that's it. well. Okay, Lacey didn't play for the Cincinnati Royals. I guess it was still that same franchise by that point, so they must have kept that same playbook. Because yeah, he he did a lot of those passes. Yeah, um, he he was just. Um, I feel like he saw things that, um, you know, his teammates really didn't. There was one specific play um, against the Pacers um, in nineteen seventy nine. I think it was their. I think it was the last game of the year. Um, the Pacers had uh, Alex English, uh, Billy Knight, um, some other players too. I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, but uh, Bill Robinson was under the basket, um, and Lacey, you know, because he's got good vision, looked and saw, you know, the the opening right under the basket, and Robinson turned the complete opposite way, and Lacey ended up throwing it to absolutely nobody. Um, so I feel like that shouldn't be a knock against him. It should be a knock against the fact that, you know, his teammates didn't really see that, um, you know, and uh, yeah, I just think he, I think he has really good vision. Some of the best vision of these passing bigs uh, that we've covered so far. I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. He's up there. Well, shall we move on uh, to our, no, but just one more thing. Um, I have Sam Lacey's rookie card. It's a rookie card. Well, that's nice. That's fun. Yeah. I've actually seen Sam Lacey mentioned a bunch on Twitter lately. Um, there was somebody who started watching some older film and was tweeting out footage of Sam Lacey passing, and it was good good to see him getting some attention because, yeah, he's one of the more underrated players, I think, in league history. He's not like an amazing scorer or anything, but a really good defender, really good passer. He's underrated offensively and defensively and was not recognized for either. Nope. Yeah. Is that rookie card 1972? Uh, Sam, um, yes, 72, 73. Okay. That's a fantastic nice. set of rookies. Anyway. Yeah. So mo- moving on, uh, we have some... Oh, and no, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. It was the year before, 71, 72. Okay. It was, that was the first right. year uh, without the, the high tops. Yeah, the tall boys. Okay. Ah, okay. So uh, moving on... Set. Just throwing a wilt. Oh. Wilt's a passing big. Yeah, probably my favorite wilt card from that set. It's great. <laughs> wilt background. Yeah, wilt, wilt, really cool. Wilt, wilt is indeed a passing big. Um, so moving on uh, to, uh, we'll actually cover two here because they kind of operated in the same way for the same team. Um, so we'll talk about Alvin Adams and Rich Kelly. Um, first off, Rich Kelly, man, he he had. He had it going on. He had a good look to him. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, what do you guys think about the stuff that Alvin Adams and Rich Kelly did in Phoenix? Well, I mean, they, they ran them out of the high post um, primarily. And I think that's a big, you know, I mean, Alvin Adams always was in Phoenix with that system, I guess. But Rich Kelly wasn't always. And when he goes to Phoenix, you see that change. And his assist numbers kind of bump up a lot, but um, yeah, Phoenix was like really ahead of the uh, ahead of the times as far as using a uh, big man as a passing hub from the top of the key. And I don't know if that's because they had um, you know some undersized centers or whatever, or if that's just what they like to do. Um, you know, because Rich Kelly's not a small guy, um, and maybe it's just you know I don't know. Maybe that's one reason they went after him was because he you know had some of those skills that they thought they could use in their system. I don't know, but um, yeah. So, but Phoenix liked to use you know run Alvin Adams off of high screens a lot, and you know he would typically if that shot was open you know from 17 18 feet he was going to take it but he was also incredibly good at you know uh putting off of that to to zip a pass down low to somebody um it made really good quick decisions as far as you know whether to pass or shoot like that um alvin adams is a really really good touch passer um not such a great outlet passer, but he could handle and get the, you know, push the ball up a little bit in transition. Um, he was definitely more of a transition passer than an outlet passer. He definitely liked mm-hmm. to control the ball sometimes and push it up court and then, and then, then make a pass for, you know, a layup or something like that. Whereas so, yeah, Kelly saw that. On, on the opposite end actually was more of an outlet passer. Um, yeah. Not that it was yes. necessarily a specialty, but yes, as when compared right. to Adams, yeah, he was better. 
Makes sense. He's much bigger, more classic center in that yeah, way. Yeah, he, he's more comparable to like a, a Borwinkle. Kelly didn't move a lot. He right. moved more than Borwinkle, but, you know, he it, did. same vein. Kelly Kelly had some um, really crisp passes in the game that I watched of him. He was he Oh, yeah, was, he uh, was a very smooth. quick passer, very very hard passer. Yes. Yes. Um, whereas Adams, Adams was more like, um, gosh, I don't even know who to compare Adams to. Adams, I guess, is more in that Connie Hawkins vein of where, you know, it's more movement-based passing, um, more, you know, um, you know, transition stuff, uh, perimeter stuff. Um, yeah, comes to him, comes to him a lot differently. I mean, well, I mean, the main difference is Adams is not like creating a whole lot from nothing where Connie can, you know, I mean, he's got so much gravity because Connie had more moves than he knew what to do with practically. So, um, you know, he, yeah, he, he was leveraging that for, yep. for a lot more. Alvin Adams is more of a, you know, I think much more of a system guy. So, you know, you're running those plays and Adams knows, you know, he's got these four reads or whatever. So, you know, and when you, he, you know, playing for that same team and that same system, as long as he did, like, you know, when you didn't have that kind of turnover, like you knew where your guys were going to be and, you know, they knew where you wanted them to be and and where everybody wanted to receive the ball and all that stuff. So Adams was really good at just kind of feeling the momentum and then using that to kind of find the right pass. So like, as you mm -hmm. pointed out with transition, it's just he's able to just like move with the offense and then it, it, it's it's really smooth I, I i like it i like it a lot um yeah once again whereas with rich kelly it was almost kind of like just a, a different tone to the offense um more of just a, a slower half court set um motion around him yeah yep for sure um well that's a good point what you remember. say about the uh the letting the defense kind of you know, reading the momentum and all that, because he, yeah, there's, especially some of those smaller uh, passing centers, it seems like they do, a lot of them have a knack for like, uh, when they get the ball down low, um, you know, there's, uh, being undersized, especially if there's a good rim protector there, it's not necessarily a safe shot for you to go up right away, so they'll kind of, you know, do that hesitation, and uh, you know, Issel was a master at it. M make you think he's going to go, except Issel would fake you and then and then end up getting the shot anyway. But like an Alvin Adams or a Dave Cowens, um, you know, will kind of uh, wait just that half second for the defensive guy to get too close, and then and then he's you know he's he's zipping a pass, uh, you know, right around him to to the power forward who's under the basket also. Whereas, uh, since you brought up Hawkins, I mean, he was someone who was kind of creating those opportunities just from his the threat of driving, slashing, um, his ability to just get to the basket. I mean, it was pretty terrifying. Yeah. So Adams does he doesn't have that ability. Yeah, Adams is not much of a <clears throat> scorer. But in fairness, like that's what separates Connie from most of the guys on this list because most bigs are not able to do that. Yeah. Well, and also, I mean, Hawkins, like a lot of this is really perimeter based. Um, yeah. yes, he had a mm -hmm. lot, a whole lot of passing around the post, but he was still somebody who would create from the perimeter, just like Julius Irving. Mm -hmm. Yes, for sure. I was actually just, uh, looking at my notes, um, at the starting lineup of this game, there were, it was the, uh, game two of the, Western Conference semifinal in 1982 of the Suns versus the Lakers. And uh, the Suns were kind of uh, kind of stacked. Um, they had Kyle Macy, Dennis Johnson, Truck Robinson, Alvin Adams, Rich Kelly, Larry Nance Sr., and Walter Davis. Larry Nance Sr. and Walter Davis coming off the bench. Um, so they kind of were run Even though, like, uh, Adams is not the biggest guy, um, they were kind of running big. Um, you know, with Robinson, Adams, and Kelly almost being like three centers. Mm -hmm. um, Wasn't Dudley Bradley so on that team? He was, yes. You didn't mention can him. Can you name any? Can you can you name anybody else? Um, Alvin Scott. Yes. Um, there you go. That's all I can think of off the top of my head. Well, there's Joel Kramer, Jeff Cook, and uh, oh, Jeff Cook. Craig. Yeah. And uh, Craig uh, Diekma, I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, oh, I'm not saying the yeah, other way. That was, 
<laughs> All right. We're scratching um, past my abilities with that one. <laughs> so, um, quickly before we move on um, to the final guy that I think we will probably want to spend a little bit of time on, I just wanted yes, to Yes, yes, and I, I do have Alvin Adams' rookie card. I do. Nice, nice. I feel like you have everybody we've listed so far, their rookie card. He doesn't he have a Bill Russell rookie card. Not yet. Oh, I do not. Not so yet. I know. Not, not yet, yeah. Um, so before we move on to the next guy, I just wanted to mention like a few honorable mentions almost. Um, you know, somebody that um, was pretty good um, defensively, was more of like a transition base passer, Gus Johnson. Um, I don't know if you guys you know, think of him as a big, but he did have some, some good passing skills. I mean, if Connie Hawkins fits Gus Johnson, kind of fits the bill as well. Yeah. You want to talk about Gus for a little bit, or do you want to just leave it at that? Well, I mean, yeah, uh, a whole lot of transition passing, uh, really good um, touch passing. Um, somebody who would drive from the perimeter and kind of create passes that way, but he is just... Uh, He's not creating near the amount of opportunities that Connie Hawkins is. Um, definitely more of, of a role player um, with his connective tissue passing, which which is always good to have. Um, reminds me a lot of Andre Iguodala, just far, far less playmaking volume. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and I think he plays a little bigger, though. Oh, yeah, yeah, yes. oh, yes, yes, for sure. Yeah, Gus. Gus was a. Uh, um, if we want to talk defensively, that, that that's that's far different. That's that, that's yeah. a lot more yeah. fun too. He's defending five positions. <laughs> yeah. Um, somebody I wanted to mention quickly too was uh, Red Kerr. I I disregarded him last episode because I hadn't watched him. Um, so I'm gonna come back around and say I'm sorry, Red Kerr. You are actually a pretty good passer. Um, you know, you're doing some creative stuff that I don't think your teammates were picking up on at the time. So, um, kudos to you. Um, you were you were a heck of a passer doing, you know, similar stuff to Marie Stokes. So definitely a shout out to Red Kerr. Um great great passer. Um You're here. Yep. Um another one I think we should mention quickly is Bob Lanier. Um I don't know what you guys if you guys have anything oh, to say about sure. Bob yeah, Lanier. Bob Lanier definitely passing. deserves to be talked about. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to talk about him for a little bit? Yeah, uh, Lanier liked to kind of back down to the basket and, and work in that way, um, which with him, like he would kind of like almost like a wraparound pass um, to cutters. And sometimes it, it, it was basically like a no look pass. Um, it, it's not something that you saw a lot of from some of these other bigs. I mean, like Dave Cowens would do it, but Bob Lanier did it with even more frequency. And it's just something that I feel is kind of missing from today's game. We don't see anything like that anymore. And, and well, like Jokic, but it, it's, it's almost like a lost art with Lanier. Yeah. There's unfortunately not a lot of peak Lanier footage. So, but I, 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 I seem to remember a lot of like, he, he had a lot of moves like starting out with his back to the basket and, and would have a move that would take him to, you know, kind of the middle of the paint. Cause he, he was kind of, you know, he, he had a good hook shot. That was kind of the, you know, he liked so to He had a good drop step that he would use to, to leverage into good passing. Yeah. He also was yeah, yeah, a good yeah. jumper. He had some range. And that was, an, that was another shot. thing. I know, I know you hate that Drazen did it, but, but Lanier would almost kind of like fake up for a jumper and then turn it into a pass when somebody's cut into the basket. Well, Lanier does it, it works. Well, Drazen, Dra not to not to go down the Drazen rabbit hole again, but when Drazen did it, he would do it, and it wasn't like you know where he was in the middle of a shot right. and saw a cutter at the last second. He would just do it, right? Like to like a basic pass to guy five feet from him it made no sense. Yeah, that's the difference. I mean, we're talking about there, you know, Lanier or well, I mean, if you're if you're saying that Lanier premeditated his, he did jump to pass, then. That's interesting. I'll have to go back and revisit no, no, that. I would be surprised because that's it, it, not it was usually faking a jumper that he turned into a pass, as opposed to just jumping. 
Okay, I see what you're saying. Okay, because that's dicey for a for a guy that size. Um, you got to be really nimble. <laughs> so, yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, where you just kind of give them that head fake, and you're everything about you're up on your toes, and everything about it says you're going into the shot, and then just at the last second, yeah, look it off. At times, it almost looks like he's just finding a way to angle the pass over the defender's head. But they're already in the position, you know, thinking they're going to have to block a shot. So it's just, it's a, it's a fun way to kind of warp the defense. Hmm. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I love Bob Lanier. Um, watching him, I mean, even after he was, you know, pretty, pretty much injured, and uh, he went to Milwaukee. I think it was towards the end of his career. Yep. He was still very useful. Still a very good scorer. You know, could could pass, could play defense. Um, you know, he. Uh, he was really fun to watch that, that whole game, that whole series. I, I wish there was more of that series online. I saw game seven, um, between, uh, Milwaukee and Seattle. I think, um, I can't quite remember the year. Um, it was, uh, 1980, uh, between the Sonics and Milwaukee bucks. So I got to see actually another guy we'll, we'll mention, uh, here in a second. Um, but yeah, it was a fun series. Um, really liked what I saw from Lanier. Um, and the other guy that I was mentioning is uh, Jack Sikma. Um, you know, he's not, he's another one. I, he's, he's not going to like wow you with, you know, these brilliant passes like we see from, you know, Jokic or um, uh, Connie I mean, Hawkins. It, it's not really fair things. to throw Jokic in at all. And his passes I know, are just I know, a different I know. Yeah. 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 I, I know. I know. But, um, you know, he's just a really good connective guy. Um, you know, he makes the smart reads. He's not, I don't think he's really creating at the same level as some of these other guys, but he certainly had the skill and was a, a very good and smart passer. Oh, and he was able to leverage what he was, was a good scorer. So, yep, exactly. and, and jump shooter. so he was able to leverage that into, you know, I mean, basically it was easy to, to, to sell the defense on his shot. So he could turn that into a, into an open pass sometimes. And the thing is like, like, as you said, again, his passing wasn't necessarily creative, but his offense down in the post really was. And he was able to use that yeah. to just find the smart and correct pass. Mm-hmm, for sure. Just a, also just a knockdown shooter. He was a really good shooter. He didn't need a whole lot of space either. No. 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 Um, someone I did like in that game, and um, you know, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go on for him about, but was Lonnie Shelton. Um, man, he was a menace out there. Um, that has nothing to do with his passing, but he was in that game and uh, against the Bucks, and man, he was. He's, he was everywhere. He's a fun player. I, I, I love Lonnie Shelton. Uh, I don't love his passing. I love him. No, no, his, his <laughs> no, his his passing isn't good. I I just wanted to give Lonnie Shelton a shout out because he's he's a he's a he's a really fun uh, defender. Um, I think. What about pretty much? What about a another ABA guy? Oh boy, George McGinnis. I was wondering. I, I, I was hoping you were uh, alluding to him earlier, Ian, but I guess you weren't. I probably wasn't. I, I actually forgot about uh, George there. Um, okay, yeah, George McGinnis. George McGinnis. Man, um, you know, I, I actually Leading scorer like... of the 1977-76ers. That team had Dr. J. They did. He was he was a good player. Um, you know, his passing the execution wasn't always there, but the vision certainly was. Um, he knew what he was seeing. It was just a matter of getting those passes off. It just seemed like his processing speed was a little slow on that end. Um But in transition, it feel it felt like to me that he he didn't think too much and when he would do those passes it was a lot better. Um Another thing, too, I noticed is, um, and I wanted to briefly mention this about him, it didn't seem like a lot of his teammates were moving that much when he would have the ball. And he would just try to force this tight pass in because he has no other option. And, you know, it will result in a turnover. And, you know, he has historically high turnover numbers. But, yeah. This was the 76ers you were watching, right? Oh, no. I I watched a game um, in... uh, I watched uh, an ABA game. Oh, you did? You found uh, a Pacers game? 
I did. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's actually a couple, um, couple online. Interesting. Um, okay. Well, I, from the same series. So it was like artist Gilmore against George McGinnis. It was pretty fun. <laughs> interesting. Okay. Yeah. I'll have to try and find that one because I was going to say maybe <laughs> McGinnis had a habit of, uh, doing a little bit too much and, yeah. I know the 76ers when he was with them had a horrible tendency to do the exact same thing. So I, I wonder how much of that is, all right, George is going to do his thing and maybe he's going to fling it this way, but it doesn't seem like a happy offense, even though he himself no. is a fun player. Yeah. He's a very fun player. He's a really good scorer. Um, you know, uh, He's a good defender, too. He's a really good defender. I think I should mention that. Um, he also had some range. Um, he would definitely take threes. That was that was definitely a part of his game. Mm-hmm. Um, one-handers. You know, yeah. Those, the, yeah, those one-handed jump shots, were, those were actually kind of cool. Um, and, yes, I will continue to slander Marcus Camby's jump shot. Um, you really shouldn't, man. McGinnis's is better. Okay, no, that's just, just bull. <laughs> what i'm just trying to provoke you um but uh yeah i mean it just seemed like yeah there was a lot of trying to force these passes in a lot of um just just bad execution the vision was there though i i don't think that you can't say that he didn't have the vision because he would see somebody move and it was like okay i, mean, I have like a split second to get this pass in and he would force it and you know it would result in a turnover so well, that that was a part of that was kind of the problem with McGinnis. He he wanted to be like a one man offense and was almost treated as a one man offense. So of mm-hmm. course there are going to be a whole lot of problems from that. Yeah, yeah, they seem a little dysfunctional. So we have we have a a decent amount of time left. Um, I think we saved. Yeah, we saved the best for last today. Um, what? What? He is the best for last for today. I'm not, I'm not even sure who you're talking about now. <laughs> I'm talking about Bill. <laughs> I'm talking about Bill Walton. Um, you know, uh, this is this is somebody I think we can talk for a while about, and the way we uh, talked about Wilt in the last episode. Um, wh- what do you guys want to tackle first with Walton? Well, I know you got here. I'll I'll go first. I mean, I and I don't know if I'm the highest on him maybe i am i don't know i don't there are highest, definitely huh? there are definitely th- yeah well among okay it, so walton is he is really really good at finding the pass in tight windows like i mean they're all tight windows for these guys for the most part but like walton was really good at at making these you know just throwing darts to guys and he was a truly uh you know for the most part a pass first center he was looking to move the offense and and i think had enough of his you know his own his own scoring was serviceable enough to keep the defense honest there um you know whether that's you know scoring down low or you know stretching with the jump shot because he was not in the low post uh, as much as he was uh, i would say you know higher up so um you know, he, my criticism is a lot of times, like he just wasn't, I, I don't, and I don't know if it's of him or of the team, but for a guy who is, who is as skilled a passer as he was and talked about the way he is as a passing big, it doesn't seem like he actually was, was initiating as much as you would maybe even want him to. Um, there are a whole lot of plays that I watch where he doesn't even come down and get into the offense, which I can't really figure out. Um but yeah, when he is finding guys, he's he. I agree. He's got well. If this is what you're saying, Ian, I, he's got the best vision of anybody that we've talked about so far. I will say, I I, I believe that. Owen can, can for me. trash him now, and uh, no, no, no. I don't think Owen's gonna trash him. I I really want to hear what Ian says, Ian, because Ian, you've been watching a whole lot of Walton and all of these players really recently, so I, I do want to hear what you have to say. <laughs> Putting in the legwork. Yeah, yeah, I I am putting in a lot of time into researching these guys because I want to be sounds. able to sound like I know what I'm talking about instead of making stuff up. Um, Walton, yes, I think he does have the best vision. Um, I think that uh, 
him and Lacey are up there for me uh, for Vision in this uh, specific um, sect of yeah, players. You have Lacey over like Kareem, Wilt, Russell, even Borwinkle. In 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 the this episode today. Okay, so I have him over Kareem. Yes. Interesting. Okay. Um, you don't like the goggles, huh? <laughs> I do like Kareem. Let's not. No, we're not going to do that. I said goggles, but goggles, with, not Kareem. With Walton, um, I am going to kind of echo what Chris said. I don't understand why he just wouldn't come back on offense sometimes. Like this is 1977, Walton. This is this is peak Bill Walton, champion Bill Walton. And I saw numerous times where he just wasn't even in the frame, and it was just four on five. Yeah, I mean, come on, and like I the guy could like... barely move like for years. <laughs> and even in college, I, I, he, he I... was injured when he was born. I mean, what do what do you expect from him? I, I mean, he's he's obviously that making the most think that... of what he can. I just think that his flashiness of his passes in general have gotten him overblown by some people. Um, you know, he had a great peak. I'm not going to, I'm not going to disregard that. It was, it was a really good peak, but I, I just, there's something about his passing that I haven't really, it hasn't really clicked with me yet where it's like, I don't know. Like I, I, he's got the vision, but he, I, feel like at times it was just like there wasn't he wasn't creating anything well it's just he would he would make a oh go ahead no he he would make a pass and it just didn't seem like it was actually a good pass like it was like oh it was a really crisp pass that you know um you know looked looked pretty but it didn't seem like it was actually creating a shot it just seemed like he was getting the ball off that's that's kind of what i mean there um I, I, I can see that. And I think kind of what stands out with Walton is, I mean, he is somebody who draws a lot of attention, which may seem surprising. He, he didn't necessarily have a deep scoring game, um, but he did have the threat of a jumper. Um, but as we talked about, as you said, he, you're watching and it's like he's not even in the frame. Nope. He's not moving I a whole s- lot with his passes. His passes are... When he's creating or finding a pass, doing something on offense, he's he's stationary a lot of the time. Yes. But that also shows just how skilled he was. His passes were insanely skilled. Just being able to stand there and the passes, the windows that he's passing yeah. through, I mean, that is extremely impressive. So that right. tied with his vision, I, I mean, that is why his passing is so valuable. Yeah. So, and, and that's, that's why the reputation follows him, I'm sure. I mean, obviously, because it was good enough, you know, I mean, everything, uh, you know, he won a championship. So, um, it clearly worked in that way, I guess, but it just makes, it feels weird for me to envision that as like, you know, he is, you know, running this offense or spearheading it, because that's not what it feels like. It's more that he's um you know expert you know whatever percentage of the time that he is getting the ball he's making some some cool plays um and some and they're getting some highlights so you know i think there's there's probably i probably believe there's more value in some of that stuff than a lot of our analytics brothers do um just because you know plays like that can can change the the tide of a game um you know swing momentum and stuff like that so it there's value in it. And when you don't know, when you know somebody's capable of something, it's like Bill Russell's defense. Like, okay, he's not going to block every shot, but you know he could block almost any one that he wanted to. So it's kind of the same thing with Bill Walton on offense to me. It's like he's threatening to make that pass, um, but he just has to come down and get into the freaking offense in the first place. Or I don't. So a good comparison to make is is Walton's offense, especially in that system, considering it is very similar, is like Wilt with the 67-76ers. He's he's working out of the high post. He is the hub on offense. It's just Walton was able to kind of step it up, maybe just a little bit. Yeah, he he was. um, You know, and I. 
the that, that does not mean he's a better probably, player. He was the, not. The, the 76ers were probably running more volume through Wilt. They were running more everything yeah, through Wilt. Yes. So sure. that's, that's Walton, the main, It's also kind yeah. of just a carryover, I think, in, in the sense that, I mean, that, that like this is a Jack Ramsey system. So it's, yeah. it's well, more, and look, more about it, the egalitarian and, style. Walton, yes, and Walton's got that, you know, wooden influence where Wilt has exactly the opposite. He's got that massive, you know, narcissistic hero thing. And, you know, Bill Walton was, yeah, pretty much exactly the opposite. He was all about, you know, his teammates and everything. Oh, yeah. I I, I want to disagree with something here. I think Chris said earlier that he wished Walton almost initiated the offense more. Um, I disagree. I don't think that's what his MO really was as a passer. I feel like he was, by all accounts, a passing hub where you've had to have almost like another, like a, a point guard with him, um, that could also create, um, I just don't feel like Walton is that guy where he's going to be that's initiating a whole offense. That's fair. Yeah. I, I yeah, that's fair. I just think it needs to run through him a little bit more. More more, yeah. more passing opportunities, I guess, just because he's he's making better passes than than most of those guys. So it's like if how much how, at the same time he's still actually him? more of a scoring threat than most of his teammates. In fact, all of them. That's true too. Yeah, that is something that I agree. I'm, that I'm should have been. Back you should have taken advantage of that more, giving him the ball. Yeah, I, to be honest, that's my it. biggest surprise out of him. I mean, if you look at you know the difference between him in college and pro, that's probably the biggest shock. Because I mean, you know, you think of the you know what was it, twenty-one of twenty-two field goal game in the championship or whatever. So it's like you you know, and he was a very proficient scorer in college. So it is odd that it didn't translate exactly the same to the NBA. No. And you know, I, I, I do have to wonder like how much of him not totally getting back on offense in some of these games um affected his touches. You know, I I feel like it actually affected it a lot. Right, that's that's what I mean. Like, if you're not even going to come back and get into the, you know, and set up in the high post to receive a pass, then I don't know. Him and him and maybe it was his way. Him and trying to create space. I don't know. I I mean, like he's he's kind of like especially with transition. You know, he's he's a trailer. He has a good jump shot. You know, I mean every every trucking needs a trailer, right? All righty then. Um, that was hilarious. You know, I was going to say, I was going to say that Dave Cowens and Bill Walton are almost opposites, um, polar opposites in how they play offense. Um, it's, it's like, you know, Cowens is constantly moving, whereas Walton doesn't always get back. I mean, that is kind of just the MO for Walton. He's very deliberate and, and, you know, he's supposed to just pick you apart. So. And yeah, well, I think we should wrap up here. No, no, what um, I, I do wanted to say one other thing about Walton is, I mean, there have been every passer that we've talked about in the past two episodes, um, they all have kind of good, good vision, quick decision making. Like, like I said, that was one of my things that, that I, t- I touched on with Russell. Really good, quick decision making. Walton is the first one we've talked about that is actually somewhat close to Jokic in that regard. Very quick decision making uh, on the pass. I okay. I can see Fair. that. Yeah. So far, I, I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna go. Yeah, I guess I'll go Walton. I I can go Walton on that. I, I can you, agree with that. Let me ask you, Owen. Do you have a Bill Walton rookie card? I do. I do indeed, Chris. Of course you do. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, no problem. By extent, yeah, I said he didn't have a Bill Russell rookie card, but that does mean that he does also have a Will Chamberlain rookie card too. So, hey, real quick though, let me if we do we have a couple minutes, just just a couple. Yeah, okay. yeah. So here's <laughs> so I looked up some uh, some two K passer ratings here. So I just want to go over some of the guys that we yes, talked we about. Yes, we are so a deep diving stats podcast here and see where we are with some of these. So. Um, okay, so in this, what I've done is just average. So there's there's a, a playmaking kind of attribute 
category, I guess. And it's not, I didn't use that whole thing because it includes ball handling and um, uh, something else. So this is just the attributes that are related to passing. So it's pass accuracy, pass IQ, and pass vision. So Bill Russell comes out at a 76. His highest is pass IQ by a mile. It's 94. But they think his accuracy and his vision are just kind of ho-ho. So he's in at a 76. I don't necessarily know that I even disagree with that. Well, with the vision, I sure do. I know you would. So let's go. Okay, next is Will. Where do you think he came out? 79. Very close. It's a, I'll go. I'll go ahead. I'll go eighty-two. Okay, no, he actually 82. He actually came out seventy-seven. Oh wow! So just barely above. Um, that's, that's interesting. Bill Russell's overall playmaking score is higher though, just because he's they they rate him higher moving with uh, with yep. the ball, which I don't disagree with either. Um, okay, next, Wes Unseld. Fifty-two. Oh man. Yeah, I think he's going to be low. No. I think they'll have him like... Is he going to be like oh. 88 or something? It's crazy. Oh, get out of here, man. Okay. He's in. It. He's at 87. Oh, 87. Yeah, <laughs> he's the highest of any of the guys we've okay. talked about so far. They way overrated him. Yeah, that's, that's you know, and not to... I, I, his outlet passing was... 88 worthy agree. Probably, but agree. everything else no no yes much <laughs> no. much closer to the mean yeah or the yeah i agree um okay kareem this is gonna just infuriate you owen oh shit i'm not i'm not even gonna 80? try oh no 80? oh no oh no he's in at a 64 <laughs> what <laughs> 64 how uh, he's got a 52 on pass accuracy. Yeah, I disagree with that. Yeah, there, there's a lot to disagree with Yeah, that's with pretty that. brutal. All right, uh, next, George McGinnis is in. Uh, <laughs> like 30. At a 60. Okay. And got brutalized. Man. He's got, oh, 58, on, he's got a 58 on pass IQ. Okay, um... <laughs> All right, Alvin Adams. They, they jacked this up. They don't have Alvin Adams right on a lot of ratings, by the way. Uh, 85? 85? Much lower. 57. He's the lowest one so far. Yeah, they got him at a 35 on pass accuracy. 35. 2K, if anybody's listening, this is just egregious. You need to fix it. That is egregious. It doesn't make sense. Alvin Adams, I'll tell you right now, Alvin Adams is in my top 10 from the passing bigs. You gotta fix that. He absolutely is a, a very accurate passer. Yeah, he's not That's above Oliver accurate. Miller, though, right? No, no, of course not. Okay. No, just gotta I'm be kidding. sure. I don't know. All right, and then the last one I've got here, because a lot of these guys are actually not in this year's version of the game. Yeah, of course. Um, is Bill Walton? So where do we think he comes in? Seventy-four. On. Uh, eighty, eighty-one. Uh, you're closer. It's actually eighty-five. They okay. don't have him as high as Unseld, but... They have Unseld as a better passer. Yeah, they do. Funny. They do, yeah. Right. So, uh, as far as how they stack out with some of this next group of guys that we'll probably end up talking about, or once we get through oh, the yeah. 90s, it'll be... Yeah, yeah it, it, gets, uh, it gets more interesting. So, oh, oh, hold on, okay. I have Bob Lanier here, 67. That seems fair. It's fairer. It still seems a little low to yeah. me. I, I feel like he's probably 70, but yeah, we'll see. Roughly around yeah, Off the there. top of my head, I'm thinking like 73, 74. Yeah, I could live with that okay. compared to... So it's peak season. Knowing yeah, what yeah, exactly. Well, okay, look, what I've done is take the highest rated version of the guy in the game. So it'll be okay. either be like the all-time team version or uh, the all-decade uh, all team or something like that. That's usually the, the version of the guy who gets in, so... So that's what I looked at for this. So, well, that was cool. Yeah. I, I, I think it'll be interesting. Maybe at the end we can uh, go through and see how we match up in terms of what. Yeah, that's yeah, that's what. I'm that would that yeah. would be. Fun. Yeah, I think my passer rating is probably like seventy nine. 
I think mine's probably higher than that. Not a better I, pass I, than I, I don't know where my pass. I I can't. I can't. I can't gauge. You're the shooter, Ian. Gauge. You're not a passer. That's that's not true. I'm I'm more of a passer than a than a shooter. But um, anyways, this was this was a fun episode. Um, we got to talk about some of a lot of a lot more guys this time. Um, than than the last ones. We got through we got through a bunch. Um, so, uh, well, sorry for the delay. Of course, um. We will be uploading every two weeks for this this podcast series. Um, you know, Chris was on vacation, so we we took uh, a week off. Way to um, go, so Chris! Until next, yeah. Just so you guys know, I'm on vacation a lot. Oh, not as much as I want well, to be. There you though, go. So. <laughs> we could we could podcast every right. day if I was on vacation all the time. There you go. Well, until next time, guys. We will see you. Peace.